Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. I am your host, Uncle Marv. And uh, folks, I hope you're having a fantastic day. Not so great down here in South Florida. It is rainy and doesn't really matter because I would have been stuck in the office anyway. I'm doing a server migration this weekend, so all day long I will be transferring user profiles from one server to another for a client. And I hope that uh, they are very happy that this will be done for them by Monday. So, folks, we are back. I have a great guest for you today coming up in just a few minutes. If you are looking at the pictures scrolling over here, you will notice in the picture... A very tall gentleman by the name of Dave Becker from Satellite High School Days. He is great. I do want to give a couple of quick announcements. For some of you that were listening to a show a couple of weeks back and you saw me have a little brain fart about remembering who I went to prom with, of course, multiple proms, but my junior prom, I mixed up the name. I actually said the sister of the person that I went to prom with and I went and got that corrected, folks, all squared away. She's all good. But Wendy Sabayan is going to be an upcoming guest on the show. So keep checking out UncleBarv.com to see what date that is. And you can see her and we'll talk about what she's been doing and how much of an idiot I was during prom. I have, uh, let's see, Becky Beal Brunette is going to be an upcoming guest here soon. And for those of you that are trying to keep track of my schedule, I don't really like to let people know where I'm going because I don't need you guys hounding me, but I will be traveling to the Tampa St. Pete area next weekend. I have two projects that I've got to do in Lakeland and Tampa, and then I have a good tech buddy that I'm going to visit Saturday, Saturday afternoon. He also has a tech podcast. I have a tech podcast. So we are going to be simulcasting tech podcasts together. So I'm not sure how much time I will have, but if you are in the Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete, Lakeland area, let me know and maybe we can grab a cup of coffee or something. All right. So let us go ahead and bring in our guest today and let's get... Uh, this gentleman on here, here he is, my good friend, who hasn't spoken to me in 36 years, Mr. Dave Becker. Dave, how are you? We are we are so close, Marvin, that we don't need to speak, man. That is true. Right back at it. Just like yesterday, right? Right. <laughs> Just like sitting in math class and uh, figuring out those algorithms and triple integrals. That's right. That's right. That's mm. exactly right. So you, you you did take enough calculus to get to triple intervals. Very yes, impressive. Yes, I did. We weren't doing that at Satellite High School, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> and just to be clear, I've had no use for triple integrals since. Well, you're in the wrong profession. Come on. <laughs> Everyone else is doing it, Marvin. Uh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure those are the people building our nice little skyscraper buildings and all those bridges and... They're probably the ones calculating how, you know, we can do things like stream over the Internet. Um, I would I would hope so. Um, uh, my my take on it is uh, I, I think that the computers are doing that sort of thing for us, make, doing the calculations. But um, those folks got to understand what's behind it. Yep, that is true. Just yeah. as long as it doesn't become Skynet at some point. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. All I'm right. So, Dave, let's go back, of course, and do a little history for everybody. I know that most people will know that you and I went to satellite together. Most people know that you and I played basketball together, but they don't know much else. So tell us about you, uh, the highlights, the quick points. The highlights, uh, me. Well, I, we also went to Delora together, Marvin. Yes, we did. We were at Delora Junior High School together. And what did you go to Holland Elementary School? I went to Holland. You did. Um, uh, well, the, I, I guess I'll, just about myself real quick, because I, I have a story about you in Holland Elementary, because I, um, I remember when you were talking with Nino, you were calling, uh, you called him Mr. Satellite Beach. And um, I thought, uh, well, I'm going off on a tangent here already, but I thought you were saying that because he was just all over the place in Satellite Beach and his family was. Um which I guess is partially true. It's just that you had heard about, you know, how great this guy is. But um, if there's going to be a Mr. A, a Satellite Beach family, it'd be the Fredericos because they were all they were all over the place. Um, well, I, you know, I, I, I got to Satellite Beach when I was nine. I was a military brat before that. Um, Georgia, Germany, Alabama, then um, the youngest of five. And my dad re- retired to Satellite Beach, Florida. And uh, from there, went to UCF, got my degree, started um, teaching at Winter Park High School and was teaching uh, high school mathematics for seven years. I actually coached basketball, Marvin. Really? For three years. Yes, I did at at, uh, Winter Park High School. And, you know, when I was told I was going to be the head JV basketball, boys basketball coach, um, I immediately had myself coaching at the University of North Carolina, leading them to national championships. Just in <laughs> It was just a natural progression, right? Of course, of course. Um, but I quickly realized I did not like uh, coaching. Um, uh, then I, uh, after uh, seven years at um, Winter, or in Orange County Public Schools, um, I worked at Harcourt School Publishers, writing and editing, Mathematics textbooks sounds really exciting, and actually it was, it was a lot of fun. And that's that's based in Orlando. And um, then I got I started missing teaching again, and uh, got back into teaching. And uh, a, a great job at Windermere Preparatory School fell into my lap, and I've been there ever since. That's where I am now. Um, beautiful wife. Two children. My son just graduated from college and is unemployed for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Did he graduate this year? Yeah, he just graduated in the spring uh, from uh, Collins College during the COVID. Uh. Yeah, and he's you know he's applying left and right, and there's just nothing. And um, uh, my daughter will be a junior at uh, Windermere Prep this upcoming school. So okay. there we go. Coming up on a 30 year wedding anniversary in just a couple of weeks. So oh. how about that? Congratulations to that. I know. I know. Wow. So did you, I I wake up, I'm like, you're still here. Oh my. (laughs) So did you find your son following your footsteps and, and, uh, is he doing academic stuff? Is he going into math? He, um, he got a degree in physics. Oh, so, um, pretty close. And, um, he, he also graduated from Windermere prep. And his senior year, I was his math teacher. Oh, he must have loved that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was 
it was fine. We we, we did just fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good time. So let me ask this because apparently all the military people that came through satellite somehow always ended up in Germany. My dad was, you know, in the Air Force and we were in Germany. So where were you guys stationed? We were in Frankfurt from okay. uh, 70 to 73, 74, something like that. I was kindergarten through second grade there. Okay. We were Berlin, 72 to 76. It is possible because we went to Berlin. Mm. I remember I have pictures um, at the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Um, which is really, it's fascinating. Oh, and that's back when it was up, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but um, the wall going through homes where one side of the home is was in uh, West Berlin and the other one was in East Berlin. And you could see bullet holes in the windows. No, we did not see that. We went to the wall where we could we could walk up to the wall and we could peek over the wall and you could see yeah. the vast amount of land and the barbed wire and the guards. And I was too scared to, you know, want to go looking anywhere else, but we did see it. Yeah. 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 It was, I, I, that's one of the few things I remember. Um, I wish I had been older. I bet you did too. You do too. Just so I could remember more, but that's one thing I do remember was going to the Berlin wall. Yeah. There's so much that I did in my youth that I just did not appreciate. And that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's true for all of us probably. And probably getting worse because kids today don't appreciate squat. <laughs> Especially all the stuff that we went through, it's like, come on, you live, you live without an iPad. <laughs> Your life must have sucked. <laughs> I know, it's like this, this, this miracle in our hands. You know, we don't go anywhere without it. You just totally take it for granted. Yep. And even, I mean, even uh, as fifty-year-olds, I lose it or I don't know where it is. I'm like, oh my god, I, I gotta find it. You know. Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. So, um, so you didn't mention anything about playing basketball after satellite. Did uh, I didn't? Well, that's because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you count uh, college intramurals, um, I did. Um, you know, I had. I was gonna. I was, before I was going to coach at North Carolina, I was going to star at North Carolina or wherever. That's where I was headed. Even even going into my senior year, I thought I was going to call play college basketball. Mm. Um, I had you know a very <laughs> high hopes for myself. Um, but I do remember um, uh, after a game, I had a, I had a decent game, and the coach from BCC Brevard Community College. He came um, into the locker room after and and talked to me and, and you know he gave he gave me this yeah we really want a local kid and you're our guy and we can see you playing here blah 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 and I was all excited never heard from him again <laughs> <laughs> wow. never heard from him again so uh, no there was no there was no playing after after high school wow so I kind of got the hint around 11th grade that, you know, the last year you were there, that that was probably going to be it for me. I still was not growing more than five, nine. I believe I was still 135, 140 pounds. And uh, I could touch the rim, but I couldn't quite dunk. Although I did get a dunk in senior year. So I was able to to do that. 
but I just knew it wasn't going to happen. And actually, and uh, he's not here to defend himself, but Coach Skellett uh, upset me because after I think the first or second game, when he realized we weren't going to be very good, he basically sat myself and Nino and, you know, Goose. He sat us all. We were seniors because we had some pretty promising, you know, sophomores and juniors, and he started playing those guys. And I was like, I'm not going to sit the bench. <laughs> I, did, I did not come all this way to sit the bench my senior year. So I quit. <laughs> and went and I, ran. Had watch, I had to watch freaking uh, Becker and Anderson stink up the court for, <laughs> you know, for a year. Now I'm going to watch this. <laughs> oh, so it was interesting. But, but I did play. I, did, I played intramurals uh, down in Palm Beach Atlantic. And I did camps. When I would go on, you know, some of these, there was church camps and junior achievement. And I remember being at Greenville College in South Carolina. And we were doing some sort of basketball sports camp. And we were playing and we got to the point where we were doing the championship game. And in the middle of the game, I went up and I, that was one of those where I, almost, you know, brought the house down with a rebound dunk. And I remember a lady on the other side of the gym started screaming, who was that? Get that kid on our team and give him a scholarship and all this stuff. And it was the, uh, the ladies basketball coach at that college. Nice. And she literally came over to me and was trying to talk to me. And, um, then of course, yeah, then nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Similar experiences. Do you remember, um, I was thinking about this leading up to um, uh, our our interview today, um, or your show today. Um, There was one practice where you went flying, you know, um, out of bounds behind the basket, and you hit the, they had a metal garage door for a storage area. Busted my ear, yes. And it clipped your ear. Yep. Bad. I'm pretty sure you had to leave practice. And I don't, um, I don't remember that clearly, but what I do remember clearly is the next week or so, you had a big old giant. <laughs> I had the Spock ear. <laughs> on your ear, this big giant white patch. And Verbin Catchings would not leave you alone about it. He would just look at you <laughs> and start cracking up, like for the, the entire rest of the year, even after the season was over. He was on you. Yep. <laughs> about, your ear, and I think you had a little cut. You probably saw the I still, scar. I actually still have it. Yeah, I still have that scar. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. had, I don't know, it was like maybe four or five stitches that I had to get on that ear. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, the, the, the memory is from Verbin just killing you. I every know. and I, I still wanted to punch him for that. It's <laughs> so like, dude, I hustle. I, I sacrifice for this team. What did you do? That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, and before I forget, the connect, you know, the whole Mr. Satellite Beach, you weren't exactly Mr. Holland Elementary, but you were, because I didn't say that. But um, I had heard about you from Marina Taylor. Oh. Do you remember Rena? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. Well, we lived on Park Avenue, um, which is where the, uh, Park Avenue is where the Dairy Queen, remember the Dairy Mm -hmm. Queen? Glenn's ice cream machine. Yep. I don't think Gary Queen's there anymore, but um, it's that road. 
And um, something I found interesting is on my side of the street, whoever was on my side of the street, we went to Surfside Elementary. And on the other side of the street, they went to Holland Elementary, which I thought was strange. You know, why wouldn't you have the whole street go to the same elementary school? So Marina Taylor was across the street. She went to Holland Elementary. And I remember her talking about this guy, Marvin B. You know, he's this really cool guy and this, that, and the other. And oh, uh, she had to be lying. Um, that I hadn't thought about that until, you know, uh, leading up to this show. And so, like, on my side of the street, the Loprestes, remember Oki, okay, and yeah. Danny, and uh, Angela, and um, we went to Surfside, and then Marina, her older brother, uh, uh, Pat, the the Slosser family was on the other side. It was just this real um, great mix of people, and we went to different it, – it just always struck me strange. Why would they put the boundary right down the middle of the street? So it's funny, because I never knew where the boundary was. I just assumed – Everybody to the north of Delora went to, yeah. uh, went, to, uh, you know, uh, Surfside. Yeah. And I had no idea because it was, you know, we actually had three elementary schools that were, and I'm not going to say close, but because Sea Park was on the other side of Holland. And, yeah. And so I just assumed the kids from the Air Force Base were the ones that went to Holland. And then all those people that were in, uh, like, Waterside, you know, that sort of thing on the Coral Reef Drive. And I didn't know where the boundary was because I had no I, I had no clue as to who went where. Yeah, and then there was an ocean breeze on the other side of the surf side. That's right, yes. Uh, Indian Atlantic or wherever. So, yeah, yeah. I, just, I thought that was interesting. All so, right. So, anyway, you, were, you could have been Mr. Holland Elementary, so. I could have been if they weren't trying to punish me so much. I was in so much trouble over there. Yeah. There you go. For the things that Jim Carrey makes $20 million a movie for, I was getting pats right. on the behind. That's right. Oh, my. Uh, Marina Taylor. I don't, you know, here's the thing. One of the reasons that I started doing this is because, you know, the mind goes. And we don't always remember how we nurse, know certain people. Yeah. So Marina Taylor, it's funny because I remember her, you know, junior high and high school. I don't remember her from Holland. So... Hmm. There's a block somewhere in there on the Holland kids. Wow. Uh, what, what, what year, what grade were you in when you started at Holland? I started fourth grade. I show, I think I showed up two weeks late into fourth grade. Huh. And I started uh, fourth grade at um, Surfside. So we're just, just a year apart. Um, Nino was actually diagonally on Sherwood Avenue behind my house. Like, you know, that, that's the nice thing about the satellite beach area is you felt like you were, physically close to everybody and it was one of those deals where everybody knew everybody for the most part you know you kind of knew just about everybody um at the high school even though we were a we were a fairly big high school but, right you know, it's kind of nice well bigger than my wife's because my our high school graduating class was bigger than her entire well was it junior high and high school i forget what it wow. was but she you know her school, literally, where she grew up, it's still the same. Uh, they did do some additions, but literally, you know the loop that goes for Delora and Satellite? Mm-hmm. Well, think about half of that loop and elementary, 
junior high, high school is literally on the loop going into wow. her town. Wow. So that was in the current school. When I started 12 years ago, there were 80 something students in the high school. Hmm. It's a pre K 12 school, but there are only 80, 80 kids or so in the high school. Now we're at like 650 or something like that. It's an amazing, amazing growth. Yeah. So we've been from small to, you know, decent size. All right. So, so where you're teaching at now, Mm-hmm. Uh, how big is that school? I, I don't even think I had heard of it. It is, um, I think we're in the 1600s, PK 3 to 12. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great school. Really enjoyed my time there. All right. And what are you teaching there? I am teaching, um, I, I'm not sure if you've heard of the uh, IB program, the International Baccalaureate program. Um, it's a curriculum that's worldwide. It's a international curriculum. Um, so the course, I I just say that because the course titles are a bit different. Um, I've been teaching, um, standard level mathematics and higher level mathematics and then, um, grade 10 mathematics. So we don't have the traditional American curriculum, but the, um, the standard level mathematics is um, a two-year course, 11th and 12th grade, and it's roughly equivalent to like AP Calculus AB, and then the higher level would be roughly equivalent to AP Calculus BC. So okay. that I, it's it's a, I hate going with, through that lengthy um, <laughs> explanation, but I say, well, I teach you know calculus and trig and you know algebra too. So that's you know that's basically what I do. Well, here's the good thing about what you do is you created a YouTube channel Oh yeah, so that people can go and kind of figure it out. Yes. And so I will actually have a link, folks, in the show notes to Dave Beckard's YouTube page. And he has got all types of videos and things in there, you know, three-dimensional problems, problem solving using the Pythagorean theorem and uh, all of these are nice little tidbits on uh, teaching people about math. I'm telling you what it is. It is good viewing and it's free. There's no subscription. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Oh, you've also got some other videos on here. I didn't see this. How do you have a, how do you have a video of Julio Julio Jones on here? Oh, that is, um, that's actually has, is related to mathematics. Um, it's a, um, I forget the guy on the NFL network. He's an announcer, but every year he runs the, um, 40 yard dash in his suit and tie. Oh yes. I I remember. Yeah. And what that video is, is, uh, uh, a mathematician or a math educator put together this thing where he superimposes Julio Jones and, Oh, what's his name? That And that guy. And he shows them, you know, running. And of course, Julio Jones is just blowing him away. <laughs> and then they, they, they give him like a, um, a 20 yard head start or something or a 10 yard head start. Right. They let him go and then they run Julio Jones and Julio still beats him. And they're just like killing him. <laughs> uh, I keep thinking it's not the, it's not the fantasy football guy. Um, it's the other one. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But the guy who is announcing it, um, do you know who, have you heard of Charles Davis? 
I, he's a, he's a broadcast. He played uh, football at the University of Tennessee. I think he played a little bit of pro. I know I know the name. He's a he's a color commentator. Um, I for Fox or CBS. I can't remember which. Anyway, his son went to um, our school. And um, so I know him and like we we always talk about that video and um, how much fun he has doing it every year with him uh, running the 40 yard dash. Okay, interesting. So let's just start with what made you decide to put up a YouTube channel about math? Well, um, it's actually well, it's for my students. And the the thing that happened is um, I was. You know, I'd been teaching math at that point probably, I don't know, 12 years or so. And I'd been doing pretty well, although I think that the math teachers at Satellite High School are rolling over in their graves thinking that I would uh, teach mathematics. In fact, did you ever have Mr. Dixon? Yes. Mr. Dixon (laughs) called me too damn dumb in front of the whole class. (laughs) 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 And the thing about it is I deserved it because um, it was, uh, oh, my gosh, if my students get a hold of this. But um, uh, we had a policy where if you had a B at the end of the semester or whatever, you didn't have to take the final exam. And um, I had like I was like, I don't know, I, 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 I sort of just coasted the last part of my senior year like an idiot. And um, I was very close to a B it was like a C 79% or whatever. And, um, he, he's, I was like, I was just being a jackass and come on, Mr. Dixon, why do I have to take, I'm not going to do bad enough to bring <laughs> my grade down or uh, but what's, you know, he goes, David, you're just too damn dumb. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, my friends were all over me. Um, anyway, I digress. <laughs> That's an indelible memory, being called too damn dumb in front of the whole class. But it was true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember those classes. I remember, I remember, was it Thweet, Mr. Thweet? Mr. Thweet, yes. Oh, he made me feel dumb. Uh, those classes, he would just, uh, he would pick on me and look at me and stare at me as if, are you not getting this? <laughs> I'd be like, no. <laughs> no, actually, no. I'm not. Well, now I'm Mr. Thweet, I suppose, and Mr. Dixon uh, rolled up to one. But right. uh, I made the video because I was um, I was uh, teaching pretty much by just the lecture. You know, um, you sit and you listen to the guy for most of the class, and maybe have time to do homework problems. And um, you know, I think I think kids enjoyed my class. I think they did, but it, there was just something. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I could be doing better and uh, uh, helping my kids retain information more and enjoy the class more, participate more, that sort of thing. And so I happened to be watching um, 60 Minutes and I saw a show on Khan Academy, um, which I think lots of folks are familiar with, you know, free, free courses and teachings and whatnot. Yep. And he, he made videos and um, a school system in LA, I think had, were trying to adopt it where the kids would watch, you know, the lesson videos at home. So there was more time in class to work together and work with the teacher. 
So that's what I decided to do. It's called um, the flipped classroom model, where um, some of the instruction takes place on video and the students are supposed to watch it at home. And then that way they come in and they have a, they have a baseline um, to, you know, build on the next day in class. So that's, that's why I started doing it. And um, once I did it, I just, I just loved it. My classroom changed. It was more dynamic. Kids were up and around working together and um, I was less tired because I wasn't blah, 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 blah for 30 minutes. Um, and the kids were getting more out of it. So um, that's why I did it. So I made, uh, I made lessons for every topic and the courses that I taught. All right. And, there they are. and that had to be good not having to re-explain yourself three, four, five times or wait, right. wait for the slow note taker to keep up. <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, every class is different because every class had a different you know, misunderstanding or whatever. And um, so I never knew exactly what, what direction um, the class was going to go that day because someone might have a different issue. Um, I mean, I had a general plan, of course, but it allowed me the freedom to go where we needed to go as a class. So that, that, that's, that's what happened with that. And, um, I wouldn't, you know, as a teacher, any, any other teachers out there, I wouldn't do it any other way. Right. It's fabulous. All right. So let's, yeah. let's shift a, a bit here and head over to one of the comments that I made in explaining the show. And I don't know if it was correct that I said so much free time. <laughs> <laughs> that you were going back and finding all these pictures and posting them on the Facebook and stuff. But um, what started that? Well, um, you know, we, uh, we we have two children. And so um, if, I, I think this is common among parents of more than one child. That first child comes along and you are taking every picture that you possibly can, every second, every minute, videos here and there. And my wife was really good. She got into um, creative memories and she made photo albums of our first uh, child, Christopher. And so there's like photo album after photo album of him with captions. And then the second one comes along, poor Caroline. And you're taking pictures, but you're not, you don't have time to make albums because you got the, you know, uh, no one really prepares you for the amount of time needed for parenthood. Right. And, um, so we just, like, you know, over the years, boxes and boxes and boxes of photograph photos just kept accumulating. And with my wife, you know, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to the scrapbooking. And there was just never time. So we've always been, you know, uh, I'm going to go through, we're going to, someday we're going to go through these pictures. Well, COVID hit. And um, not a lot to do, so we just started going through our old pictures and included in, included in all those family pictures tucked away are those boxes of memorabilia from, you know, high school and college. And, you know, they turn over a piece of paper or something, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this, mu this must be seen. This is so horrific. It must be seen. So... That's what happened, and every time I thought I was done, there'd be another box somewhere or, or uh, an envelope with some pictures in it, and all these great pictures just started showing up. So I just started posting them. 
All right. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us are in that because, you know, the wife and I also have, we actually know where they are. They're all stacked up in one corner of one room, Mm -hmm. but they're still not organized at all. So everybody, as we've been going through and doing these shows, they're like, oh, you should do these pictures. And I got to go through and I got to open up. And a lot of envelopes are from her family and her kids, you know, because um, she had a son before her and I met. And so there's a ton of pictures of, of him. And mm-hmm. so I'm just tossing them aside. She's like, wait, stop. No. <laughs> it's like, That's my baby. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your baby's thirty six years old. Come on. <laughs> I was I was tossing away too. What we what we were doing though actually is we weren't just going through them. Um, we were scanning them. Oh yeah, good. Digitized. So now they're they're all digitized, and we um, we have one of those um, digital photo frames where pictures just appear yeah. for fifteen seconds. Actually, we have two of them because. That's a long story, but we have two now. So right now we have all of those pictures just, you know, every 15 seconds or so a new picture fades in. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. Otherwise, you know, we're all, we're all going to leave this earth at some point and then our children are going to have this big giant thing of pictures. What do they do with those? Yeah. You know? So. so let me ask this question because – I've talked with the wife a couple of times about getting one of those digital frames mm-hmm. and she's always shot me down. So who came up with it, the idea in your household and, and how was it presented to the, to the others? Well, it really, it wasn't from our household actually, because um, <clears throat> what we did uh, is we got it as a gift for my mother because my sister uh, my father used to have, um, you know, remember the slides, the carousel slides? Oh, yeah, yeah. My dad loved that. And he had, you know, tons of carousels. And it used to be great entertainment. We would sit and, you know, there wasn't there wasn't the phones and the Netflix and whatever. And every, I don't know, once a year maybe we'd get up and he'd show all the, the slides. And it was a lot of fun. So my sister sent, now those were slides, so you can't scan those. Right, right. She sent them off somewhere, and they digitized them. And so then we bought my mother um, a digital photo frame and put all of those in there. And that was really great for her. And um, she, uh, my mother passed away, and somehow our family ended up with that digital photo frame. And so that's what started it. And then someone uh, gave another one to us as a gift, not knowing we already had one, but it's actually great to have two because there's so many, there's so many pictures. Right. Um, it's been, it's, it's really great because, you know, you, um, you never know what you're going to see. You're not like sitting there staring at it, but if you're in the room and something pops up, you know, it's a nice memory or whatever. Right. Cause I've been, I want one, you know, and I was thinking of like a little eight by 10, you could stick on the shelf Yeah. because you know, we've got, you know, you, you have to buy shelving for pictures. You know, right. you've got a whole stacked wall full of pictures and it's all these frames. And I'm like, you know what? We don't need all that space for those pictures. Get Just get one of those things and have all the pictures rotate. No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you, it's I, we love it. We love it because, um, 
you're going to get to a stage where it's like, what are we going to do with, you're going to have too many picture frames, you know, like there's right. just too much to, to put up. So we, we, we love it. We really enjoy it. Or you get to the point where the wife buys picture frames and they sit in the closet because we haven't found the right picture to go in the frames. I got like a hundred frames that I'm like, dear, let's just sell these. <laughs> if they're not up by now, you know, 10 years later. Marvin, that was part of the project is, um, well, you can't sell picture frames cause everybody's got 20 <laughs> in their closet. So we, we donated, I don't know, a whole bunch of empty picture frames. Mm. Same, same exact problem. Same thing. So, yeah, so that's been, I mean, that's been a lot of fun. That's been some pretty good reaction. And then some, some chains of making fun of people um, started uh, happening. And um, I don't know if you saw the one of, uh, I found, I don't know why I have a clipping of Neil Monaghan um, losing a wrestling match. I, I did see that. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I posted that one, and then uh, Kathy Kushai, she commented, wow, Dave, that's kind of harsh. <laughs> I felt bad, and, you know, I forgot. And so I, I, I messaged Kathy, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have posted it. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm just kidding. And I messaged Neil, Neil, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you. He's like, oh, what's the matter with you? It's hilarious, you know, that sort of thing. So, wow. um, yeah, that was, that was a good one, though. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen some of those. You know, you and I also have something in common. Do you? Do you remember? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just scrolling, but you you tell your story or ask me. Oh, okay, we have something else in common besides Delora Junior High, Satellite High, basketball. This isn't what I was thinking of. We were in, in student council together in junior high with Mr. Pearlie. Okay, you remember that. I, I remember uh, student government. I, I remember Mr. Purley. Okay. Um, but we have another s- sort of important life event. Life, life is something pretty much, uh, yeah, everybody goes through. We all do it. <laughs> okay. You're scaring me now. <laughs> I'm trying to give you it's the teacher in me. We both had worked at the, had the same first employer, I think, sir. First same first employer. Well, okay, let's go back because like paycheck employer. Well, that may not be true because my first job was a paper boy. Oh no! Okay, then that's you... not it. <laughs> my, second, mean, we, my second my second job we was at the McDonald's. Together, Marvin, we were not tossing paper. We, it wasn't <laughs> like a do a bicycle built for two. No, <laughs> I was going to say because that would have been interesting. That that was. Um, USA Today, when they first started, and they were an afternoon newspaper. Wow. I didn't even know it existed in the 80s. I would go back home in the afternoons. They would dump off the papers at my house, and I would ride around my neighborhood delivering the afternoon USA Today. Wow. Did you have one of those big, giant baskets? Like the... The Florida Today paper boys, um, you remember Pat Taylor? Uh, not Pat Taylor, um, Pat Varney. Yeah, Pat Varney, okay. Him and his brother, I think Keith is his older brother's name, I think they were paper boys, and he had a bike with a basket the size of a desk now, that I, they would ride around on. I, I did not want, 
Uh, I thought that was nerdy, so I didn't want the basket on the bike. I got a big, like, duffel bag and, that I could carry, and I ended up having to have two at one point, and it got to be too much. Oh, duffel bag. So you thought a duffel bag wasn't nerdy. But the, well, because if I went to ride the bike somewhere else, I could leave the duffel bag. I wouldn't have the basket on the bike. The Varneys had that issue. You're, you're <laughs> correct. The, the Varney boys had that issue. So, so yeah, we, 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 go ahead. So are you I'd trying to think that, was it McDonald's is the, yeah. the first job? Yes. We were at McDonald's. Um, Maybe uh, maybe you started your junior year, and I was finishing my stellar career at McDonald's. But um, I do remember working with you at McDonald's. There were, I mean, uh, there were, I think Liz Rachuso worked there, um, Sandy something or other. But um, uh, that was I, I had a I had a lot of fun working at McDonald's. Yep, I re- I remember Sandy. I remember. Let's see, Sandy, what's her last name? You know, part of me wants to say Wells, but I think that was a different Sandy. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I remember, I think Sanchez, um, not Lori Sanchez, uh, who else worked there? And, of course, the girl I went to my junior prom with, Wendy Sabayan, worked there. That's how I met her. Yeah, those were some times. I remember having... um, uh, you know, the uh, member making the Big Macs and the filet of fish the, the special sauce and the tartar sauce came in those. It was like um, those cock guns. Remember that? Yeah. And they were, they were tubes of um, the special sauce. And they would launch. Like, if you didn't, like, you could use them as guns. And we would have uh, Big Mac sauce and tartar sauce uh, uh, fights back there. Yeah, we got in a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and then hide in the freezer to eat, you know, free Big Macs or whatever. And um, I think they probably lose more money on the chicken nuggets because you can walk by the chicken nugget warmer and you open it up and you just pop. Just grab one and go. Pop one in. Good to go. (laughs) That was, uh, yeah, that was one of those jobs was quite amazing that we as high school kids had as much power as we did. I know. I know. I remember that... um, my uh my my group of friends from my class like um scott anderson and bill lens and tim newman jeff etrick andy knoll um probably some others they were actually banned from mcdonald's um because they would when i when after i started working there because they would come in raising holy hell yelling at me you know we want a becker you're like just ah! and it got to the point where they would walk in the door the manager would be back in the office and she would just come right up front and go oh <laughs> they weren't even allowed to to make an order or anything wow i probably can't imagine them behaving badly like that but yeah that was that was some well here's the thing that was first of all Like the place to go. It was the only place to go. I mean, so it was, you know, I remember, this is going to sound horrible, but I didn't play football my junior year because I thought I needed to get a job, make some money, because I couldn't afford, you know, all the stuff that everybody else was getting. And, you know, Friday nights were just, 
just the worst is yeah. you know, trying to trying to prepare for that rush and throwing down the amount of food we had to throw down in the bat to, to get those orders out. Yeah. And, and your friends are out there and you're, you're flipping burgers. You're screaming, yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Don't spit on my burger. <laughs> yeah. And then the things when I, did you ever graduate to work encounter or drive through? Oh yeah, right. I did. I got, yep. Drive through encounter. It was awesome. I even got to run the front line. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's big time. Um, looking back, you know, the, I, I remember a manager talking to me saying, um, uh, you should go to the school of hamburgerology, which was a real, I thought she was kidding, but it's a real thing. Yep. Um, I'm pr- pretty darn sure I'd be making more money owning McDonald's franchises. Than- <laughs> I don't know. They've, things have kind of changed, but I remember. Yeah. So I, did you ever get to the point where you went to the other stores? No, I wasn't that good, Marvin. That's for the elite, my friend. Okay, because I remember we would swap staff. Because whenever um, that that store in O'Galley, is that legal? Never mind. That's another thing. <laughs> it's, it's a whole other story. <laughs> um, so, so for some reason, O'Galley couldn't keep staff, yeah. and so we would have to go over, or I—I I don't know how many of us went—but we go over to the O'Galley store and run their store. Oh my gosh! Wow. Fun, fun at the beach. That's, that's so sad looking back. <laughs> We're going to the galley McDonald's. That's right. Crossing the bridge. Woo-hoo! Oh, my. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of the manager's name. Are you? Uh, it was the lady with the black hair. She didn't do the, did she do the ponytail? And um, she was, uh, she didn't take any crap and um, but I liked her like she was tough, but she didn't take any crap. So, yeah, but she was fair too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is all that we ever asked. I mean, which is, that was a big thing growing up back then, you know, the teachers, employers, adults, they were tough, but they were fair. Yeah, that's still true in, in teaching. And, um, you know, I look back at teachers that I really liked. It's the ones that, uh, it's not the ones that let you goof off and do whatever. It was the ones that were tough but fair and not and not jerks about it. And you look around, at least in my career, those are the teachers that have been the most successful. You know, they're not um, – they're on the kid's side, but they're not going to let them you right. know, push them too far. They're going to hold them accountable. So I think that still holds true. Yeah, I think it does. I remember when I left Satellite and went to Palm Beach Atlantic, one teacher that I hated in the beginning but loved in the end was, um, her name was um, Miss Swick, Karen Swick. And she would have this saying where she's like, it's just as easy to be right as it is to be wrong. And I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. I was like, why would you say that? Do you realize how hard this problem is? And this is when I was in, this is when I was in math and the exam was one question. And the idea was how much of the question could you get right? And that was what your grade was based on. Mm -mm -mm. 
It's just, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't see that coming from a kid. That's the thing a kid would go, no, you're wrong on that one, Bob. Yeah. You're wrong. I remember sitting in, um, I started off as a engineer. I had three years um, in for an engineering degree um, at UCF. And I, I was just, I hated it, but um, I just thought, you know, it'll be a great career. You know, you'll make, you know, pretty much assured of a, a good income, you know, that sort of thing. And um, I was just kind of trying to push through and, um, but I was miserable. Year three, I was just miserable. And um, I remember sitting in thermodynamics, mm. a thermodynamics test. And it was like a two hour test. And there were three questions. And I got the test and I looked at the first one. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Second one, uh, nope. <laughs> Third one, nothing. Mm. And next to me was a good friend of mine, um, uh, Tina Barr. And she was like 4.0, really great, great friend, great woman. Um, in fact, she went on, she, um, I think was the second in command. I don't know, but she was high up for the Atlanta Olympics. Um, she was an industrial engineer. So figuring out the transportation of, I don't know if it was just the athletes or everybody around Atlanta for the 96 uh, Olympics. Mm. So th- this is who I'm sitting next to Marvin. Okay. Right. And she, I look at her and she's like, just left and right. And I just, I sat there for the entire test cause I was too embar- embarrassed to get up and walk out. And at the end of the test, I, I didn't turn it at the end of the period. I, I, I didn't, I put my test in my backpack. And I walked to the registrar's office, and um, that was the end of engineering. Wow. I withdrew from that class, and um, the next semester, um, I had a brief stint in business, but I, I always kind of knew I wanted to go into education. I just was worried about the, um, the income. Um, and I finally just came to terms, this is what you want to do, man. You got to just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And, um, uh, but I, that, that was the, that was a seminal moment that thermodynamics exam, I made it through the, that was the last in a series, statics, dynamics, thermodynamics. And that just killed me. Mm. Just killed me. Well, but you're doing okay now. Yeah. Doing all right. Can't, can't complain at all. No. Good life. It is. All right. So. so, so I've been accused of making this always seem like an interview when really it's not. I really just want it to be a conversation. Sure. And uh, so let me at least turn the tables and give you the opportunity to ask me, you know, is there is there one burning question that you'd like to ask and give me to answer? Marvin B. Marvin B. I, um, I, I remember, like, um, you were uh, – just this happy, happy guy, um, life of the party type guy going through school in junior high and in high school. Everyone was um, drawn to you. So I'm wondering if that's still still the same deal. Did you take that and somehow um, intertwine it with your career? And, and, and how, how, did you, how did you get to where you are now? Like what led you to what you're doing now? Oh, my goodness gracious. So 
that's basically two different answers. So uh, the first part of the question is to did I, you know, carry on that fun loving guy? So there is there is this thing that the wife likes to do where if we're going to an event or to see people, she'll say, um, I need to have fun, Marvin, tonight. Oh, <laughs> because because I got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm done trying to make everybody else happy. Mm. I need to now take time for me and I don't need to go out and pretend to, you know, be happy or to pretend to like people. And, you know, there are times where I may be a, a little too unfiltered. Where I'm, you know, if I'm not happy with something or somebody, I'll just let them know. Um, but, you know, it's not bad or anything. It's just uh, I think once I got through graduate school and got into work and just, you know, things slowed down for me. I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't party or anything like that. So my personality is pretty much the same. So. You know, right now I run my own network support company. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've found is that the reason people like me is because I can explain technical stuff to them in a personable way, whereas most most techs could not. Yeah. And I mostly attribute that to the fact that, well, I wasn't a tech to start. You know, I was a jock. I was student government. I did all of these other things. I came to tech later. And part of what I wanted to do is to make sure, okay, I can't be geeky all the time. I didn't like being geeky. So I said, okay, how can I do this and explain it and make, make it that people can understand. So from that point of view, a lot of the reason that I keep my customers is because of my personalities, because I can, you know, explain things to them. I can keep it light, you know, listen, you're not going to die if this computer doesn't work. Okay. Don't, (laughs) don't sweat. We'll get your stuff back and and do what we can. And how I ended up with doing what I'm doing. So I don't know if, I don't know how much I explained to people growing up, but you know, I thought I was going to be the next Earl Campbell. And then that, huh? Didn't we all? I, don't, I, <laughs> yeah. I was totally going to play in the NBA. Yeah. Go so it was either going to do that or, you know, take Dr. J's place in the NBA. Then I thought, you know, well, you know, when I started doing the Bill Nelson congressional intern stuff, I thought, you know what? I could be the first black president. And then I'm like, I can't lie that much. <laughs> so that changed. Then I thought I'd go and be a, speaker and do all this stuff. But somehow when I got to college, I roomed with the head of the computer lab and we'd always have computer crap all over our dorm room. And I would actually help him fix stuff. And he said, well, why don't you come to the lab and help us there? I'm like, I don't want to do that. He said, okay, well, you don't have to do that, but can you at least do... So I started going there. Then I became a tutor. And then I started doing some programming. I actually... So I was in student government all four years there. 
And one of the things that we had was a used book sale. And that's how we raised money for student government. And we were doing everything manually. Yeah. And I said, well, there's got to be a way to do this on the computer. So I created a database program where we could enter the books, who gave us the book, how much they wanted to sell the book for, and how to calculate our 20% commission so that we could do it all on a page. And then when the book sold, and uh, so I created that database and that's how I started into the realm of computers. Then I started building computers on the side. So I take old computers, somebody would be throwing away. I'd rebuild them. And when I got to Fort Lauderdale, I was actually going to businesses, taking their old computers, wiping the hard drives, reloading them and selling them to the local computer shop. Wow. And back then, you know, new computers were costing, you know, 2,500 bucks. Yeah. So I would go build a computer, sell it to the store for 600 bucks of course, he'd turn around and, you know, mark it up to 1200 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, so people were still saving a ton of money, but I'm getting 600 bucks a computer Wow! back then. Yeah. And that's how I ended up here. And that's, an, that's an amazing story. You just, you know, you just never know where life's going to take you. Never know. Now, uh, our friend Nino, um, he worked in the UCF bookstore. And um, his story is nothing at all like yours because he worked <laughs> in the photo booth. So <laughs> his, the student ID booth, he, he, his job was to take pictures and put the next sticker on your uh, ID. So he, he didn't have the experience as you. He just, he just sat and took pictures. Um, he did not parlay, parlay that into a career. <laughs> now, I think I remember him talking about that, but yeah, his, his path was, uh, extremely different. We shall say. Yeah, they all are. So apparently I, I missed a comment earlier. Mary Deardorf de Bruin had put in there. Of course you couldn't be geeky. You didn't have a basket. <laughs> They're little laughy emojis on there. Wow. Yeah, people, that's that's the one thing about being a mathematics teacher. They automatically, you know, they, they call me a geek, like a math geek. And I'm like, I just, I don't think I'm that guy. I mean, you know, and, and I was not the best math student. I mean, I was okay, but I just kind of did the minimum not to get in trouble, you know. Um, and, and people, you're in a certain field, they think you're a geek. And I'm like, I don't think I am, but, you know, maybe I am. Who knows? So outside of the couple of math classes, like I don't remember being in class with you and you were a year ahead of me. Yeah. I don't remember you being a geek then either. So yeah. what was your path? I mean, you know, besides, you know, Carolina Blue, what was what was your path? What, what did you think you were going to do? I really didn't know. Like when I went to college, I chose the major engineering because I knew it would be uh, make decent money and, you know, would be able to get a job. And it just seemed like the thing to choose. I had no idea. But um, I guess it really it was in the back of of my mind that I wanted to teach, but I just never let it come to the front. And I, I found myself similar to what you said. I found myself tutoring some people. Um, and, um, I remember one friend of mine, after I was done tutoring her, she said, you know, you really, 
I've never understood this, but you really explain it well. And um, that kind of, in my mind, it kind of started rolling. And then I don't know, did you, did you know um, Jimmy Strela or Jeff Strela, Australia, Australia was in my grade and his cousin Jimmy was four years ahead of us. Um, but anyway, he was at UCF and I, and, and I had known Jimmy and, um, he was an engineer and went to math education and I was friends with him in college. And, um, he also was like, look, don't look back. You know, if you don't want to be an engineer, then don't be an engineer. Just go to, you know, be a, be a teacher and don't look back. So it's funny how just a couple little things totally steer you so that my path was other really other people um kind of making me realize that's what i wanted to do Hmm. all right yeah and um i'm not even sure that i wanted to be a math teacher i just um that was the natural thing because i had you know taken all the math you know all kinds of math courses as an engineer all through the calculus sequence and, and beyond. And so that was just the natural thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll teach. I understand the math. I'll teach math. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, what else should people know? What else? What do you do in your spare time besides dig through old photo albums? Dig through old photo albums. Um, Well, I'm an avid UCF sports fan. Um, like to go to as many of the football games as I can. Um, and, uh, like to spend time with the family as you get older, that seems to be more and more, uh, uh, important. And, um, those are the, those are the things like, um, uh, get hooked, getting hooked on Netflix. I feel like that's a bad habit that you need to kind of break, (laughs) like finding something really good, uh, uh, to watch. And, um, I also like getting out and, um, as of late walking and just slowing down. That's one thing that the COVID thing has done is, the pace of life. I don't know if it's happened for you. I'm not sure how much it affected you and your business, but um, you know, we shut down the school in March and you know, everything shut down and there's really not all that much to do. And it was kind of like, this is nice. (laughs) This slower pace is nice. So time to go out and go for a walk or a bike ride um, regularly. Um, um, that's nice. Um, I do enjoy, um, uh, I, I didn't mention this before, but, um, I kind of fell into this at the school. They asked me, I don't know, eight years ago, they asked me to, if I would announce the football games and I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, well now I announce, um, all announceable varsity sports at the school. So, Volleyball, girls and boys basketball, football, um, lacrosse, softball, and baseball. So I'm the I'm the PA guy for those sports, and that is I really enjoy that. That's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun to do that. Okay, so you're the PA guy, not the guy that we hear over the uh, national broadcast. Well, no, they're not. There's not much interest nationally for <laughs> territory school athletics. <laughs> 
So they're working on a TV contract. So, you know, fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> but right. no, I do, the, I do the PA stuff and that, that's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. That's good. So yeah. I know that there's a ton, I shouldn't say a ton. I know that there's several satellite people uh, that are in that area. So are, who are you hanging out with uh, from our days or, or who do you catch up with every now and then? Um, I see um, Nino uh, regularly, Bill Lenz, um, uh, Billy Lenz pretty regularly. Okay. Um, I haven't seen Scott Anderson and what and uh, you know face to face in a while, but we're in touch. You know, the text and Facebook or whatever. We're in uh, fairly regular contact. Um, Andy Knoll is over, uh, still over in Satellite Beach, um, and Oki is still in Satellite Beach or the Satellite Beach area. I don't know if he's, he's got a, a beautiful home, um, right. As, as you're heading East over the Pioneer Causeway, he's got a beautiful home right on. I never know which river is writ, which, whichever river is closest to the Atlantic banana. Oh, where or, it splits off. Yeah. So yeah, banana Indian. I think bananas, you know, the banana is close to the beach and the Indians inside. That's, okay. how, that's how I would remember him. So um, those guys, Tim Newman is um, over in um, uh, Newport Ritchie, uh, north of Tampa. And so Shaolin Shah, um, that that group I'm in fairly regular contact with, Um, you know, either, you know, meet meet up at a football game or um, just, you know, text messages or whatever. Um, so that's, uh, it's been real nice to, to be able to stay in touch with all those folks. That's good. I think um, most, John, most of uh, the, he's over here, regular contact with her. Who so. was, I'm sorry. I was talking over here. Okay. I'm saying Bajinski for the old time. Everybody knows she's Joan Green. Sorry about that, Joan. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I was saying that most of those names I don't think I ever hung out with outside of sports. I think you were the only one that I knew like inside a classroom because when we sit in alphabetical order, we were close to each other. <laughs> I never thought of that. Never thought of that. Yep. So yep. I think like, uh, like even Scott, like I knew, I don't know what, what was like because you guys were all a year ahead of me. So I think it was kind of like, okay, you know what? Don't, don't bother us. You know, leave us alone. That's weird, isn't it? (laughs) Like I didn't, I mean, I was always friends with Nino um, and satellite beach. And we seemed to like in the little league baseball, I think we're on the same one of the teams. Um, But we really, we became really close friends because of college. Right. Um, so it's just that it's weird how that class thing works, but it would still, you know, we'd still all see each other socially um, out at parties and whatnot. But, um, you know, you just become close with your classmates. But you guys banned me from your parties. No. Because <laughs> you don't remember. <laughs> oh, no. So wow. I I forget whose it was. It was, oh, who was the guy that lived in Waterway Estates around the corner? Um, it was on the canal, and I went to the party, and I remember I had stopped drinking. 
Well, let me rephrase that. I had never really. I, I, you cut out. I said I, I you had, went to the party and what? So I had stopped drinking, although I never really started drinking. So I there was one party where I I drank and I said that never again. So I would go and pretend that I had vodka and orange juice in my drinks, but it would basically be orange juice. And somebody found out and said, "Okay, you're out of here." No. <laughs> never invited me again. That can't be true. <laughs> Waterway Estates, is that down by Sea Park? Yeah. I'm not I can't remember who lived down that way. Tim Newman lived um not in Waterway, but um like across near the member the Pantry Pride. Pantry Pride. That was Patrick. Um uh sort of near there. Like kind of South uh, Housing, across from South Housing? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That area. That's the only one I can think of male-wise. Joan lived down in Waterway Estates. I remember. But I can't believe that you were banned from a party, Marvin. For not <laughs> drinking? That's sad. That's sad. <laughs> it was either that or I was too busy to go. So, who knows? <laughs> that, was probably, that was probably more the excuse. I was really busy between the sports Student government. I was doing junior achievement at the time, so I was doing a lot of that stuff. I did the, I mentioned the Bill Nelson uh, intern program, so there was a lot of things. His program was the reason I, well, I believe that I wasn't senior class president because I was in Washington the week I should have been campaigning, and I let Greg Kirby campaign on my behalf. <laughs> Greg Kirby. Yes. I've not heard that name, and I know I, right when you said his name, I know I know exactly what he looks like, and I remember Greg. Haven't thought of him in thirty six years for sure. Yeah, uh, but um, student. Okay, so you lost for student government president. Yeah, that was that went to Craig McCarthy. So um, I don't know if you remember um, this or not. I'm I'm still scarred by it, but. Um, I ran for student body president and lost. Um, I had been junior class president, so I'll run for, you know, student body president. And um, I'd been in student government, you know, since junior high. And so um, I ran against um, Rusty Ketchum and uh, Jenny Amet. And so um, the first day um, I had the most, I had the most votes, like the first vote. And Rusty was second and Jenny was third, but they had the rule where Rusty's and Jenny's votes combined, you would have to have a runoff if it was more than, you know, you had to have a majority. Wow. I guess I could have said that. And I didn't. And my recollection is it was by one or two votes that if he got all of Jenny's votes, he would beat me by like one, two, three votes or whatever. So I was like, "Ah, I got, you know, I got this. And so, get to school the next day is the runoff. And um, uh, I believe lunchtime was voting and I'm walking out to lunch and everybody is looking up in the sky and there's this like, Um, his friends, and I believe it was Donnie Mosby, Paul Herbert, a couple others. They rented an airplane to fly over satellite high school, Rusty Ketchum for student body president. How do I not remember that? He won. (laughs) 
Keyline. And um, like the next the next day, um, I was in class. Remember Chris Kendall? Yes. Um, next day in class, um, you know, I'm, uh, I remember. And uh, Chris Kendall's behind me, and he starts going. Mm. I turn around. He built a paper airplane, and I was Oh my! Oh my! It wasn't funny at the time, you know. You get pretty serious about those things, but man, that's that's funny. That's good stuff. Wow, I I don't remember the airplane. I don't know why. And yeah, oh, I I knew Marvin. I knew. I knew the airplane. Well, I, okay, so I wasn't as scarred by my loss as you were yours. So I just. <laughs> Oh, man. So. All right. Well, my friend, we've uh, gone over an hour. It was good to catch up. And yes. uh, did we hit all your stories? Did you? I know we had a couple of uh, pre-show uh, pre stories that we can't share, but did you That's hit all sure. the stories? I think, yeah, the, the, I'm sure... We could go on all afternoon, I'm sure, if we kept going, but um, I, I think so. I think we've had enough. I think people are, are uh, tired of me, for sure. Well, here's a question that I don't know if we have the answer to. Diana Rugg asks, who won by uh, promising keg parties on the senior patio? That is a relative of one of your all's classmates. That would be not John Cordray, but Ed Cordray. Ed Cordray. <laughs> He was a year ahead of me, and um, he he had no he had no experience whatsoever. And he, uh, I don't know if he was serious or not, but um, I remember you know people used to go pretty much all out, like really nice campaign post poster boards, and they'd spend days and days making big old banners and stuff. Ed got poster board and just wrote. Ed, like, like he just <laughs> out. Ed. and he hung him up around campus, and he won. And that was his speech, as he promised to throw keg parties every weekend or something like that. Oh, yeah i I don't think I put up one poster. Oh, uh, uh, well, Marvin. <laughs> to be to, to be honest, now that I go back and think about it, I don't even think I uh, consulted with. Um, <laughs> I don't think I consulted with him as to what my campaign would be. <laughs> I think I just said, hey, go campaign for me. <laughs> Make sure you mention my name, not yours. <laughs> and I thought that would be enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he should have rented you a plane, Marvin. Should have. Should have rented uh, you a plane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, oh, I was asking you if you had any other stories that you wanted to to mention. Um, um, let's see. Well, there was one where um, you were talking about how you dunked the ball, and I immediately thought, I don't know if you remember it or not, but um, I never dunked a ball in a game. Oh, because I said that about you. I thought, and I I meant to ask you if that was true, because for some reason – I don't know why that memory sticks in my head. That I never dunked it? Well, no, that my thought is that you attempted to dunk, hit the front of the rim, 
and instead of running back on defense, you ran to the bench, and it was in the middle of a game that you did that. I felt well. I don't. I don't remember running to the bench. I'm going to take issue with that. Okay. I'm going to say but if that's how you want to remember it, you can. But my recollection, it was against Melbourne Central Catholic. And, um, you know, that, that was everybody's dream back then was to, um, you know, dunk in a game. Yep. I mean, we're from the Space Coast, for crying out loud. There's no one over 6'5", except for Will Purdue for a couple of years yep. um, on the Space Coast. So if you could dunk in a game, man, you were it. So all of a sudden, um, the it's – for some miracle, it's me, ball, rim, and nobody in my way. And I think I was like one of maybe two who could dunk the ball on our team because, um, you know, we were all short. And so I was going to, with my my 155-pound uh, stork body, I was going to tear down that backboard is what I was going to do. And I brought it as far back as I could, which turns out to be a mistake, pinned it on the front of the rim and fell flat on my back. <laughs> and my recollection of me running to the bench is Skelet, as soon as he could, called a timeout to get me out of the game. Okay, that is, that's probably more fair, yes. And, you know, I am just, I am irate. And you, asshole, <laughs> 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 Are, at least you were, my recollection is you were trying to hold it in, but you couldn't even look at me, and you guys were just like, <laughs> and then in layup drills the next day, like at practice the next day, everybody imitated me on the first go-round. Everybody imitated me. And we, um, I don't know if you remember Tom Kelly. Um, you know, from Melbourne Central Catholic. I think he was player of the year for the Space Coast. Really great player. Anyway, he ended, He went to UCF, and um, anytime I see him, he tells that story <laughs> <laughs> of me against MCC, you know, pinning the ball against the front of the rim trying to dunk it. So I think that was that's, – that's when BCC probably said, no, mm, no, <laughs> this is not our time. This is not our guy. <laughs> yep, you were our guy up until that. You can't embarrass us. <laughs> like that. That's right. We're not having that. So, yeah, yeah that was yeah, that popped in my mind. That's the only thing I can think of, Marvin. Yeah, I think we got in trouble for laughing so hard on the bench because it was too distracting. Oh man. <laughs> oh, man. One of those things, not funny at the time, but wow, how awesome is that? My gosh. Yep. Uh, well, we will end on that. We will end with the correction that uh, you did not run straight to the bench. And uh, Skelet. I was over it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, do rem- I do remember the wipeout. That was, that was spectacular. <laughs> I can't say that. Oh. Well, I'm just happy there's not video of that because there were video cameras back in those days. I remember Mr. Anderson taking video, so I'm just happy there's no footage of that. That would be something because you know it would be the footage where it would happen and the Kramer would probably fall to the ground because of, of laughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, my friend. Well, I will let you go, and we will be in touch again 
sometime soon. I think we're going to, I think there's talk of trying to get uh, a group of folks together and uh, maybe we'll bring back the basketball team and do a, oh my a simulcast. That would be hilarious. We can do that. Get some of the gentlemen on and uh, maybe I can talk to uh, Scott because I don't know, for some reason, I have this image that Scott never liked me, and I don't even know why or how or anything, because I don't think we ever talked. I I have no reason <laughs> to believe that. We're so. friends. I have no reason to believe that he didn't like you, Marvin. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he did. Uh, now, I'm only coming back if you get the goose. You got to get the goose. Get the goose? Okay. Yeah. All right. I will put that out. I don't think I know where he is. I don't either. Somebody does. But once we put the word out, somebody will find him because apparently that's what everybody's good at. So if yeah. he's on the grid, we'll find him. So uh, I think Mary Deardorff has a good lead on where everybody is. So maybe she'll do that for us. Very good. You will do that. Well, Dave, again, thank you very much. I want to thank everybody that uh, participated today, and thank you. And, of course, boom, right on cue, Diana Rugg says Texas. Texas. That doesn't seem like a good fit, but I'll I'll, I'll buy it. (laughs) All right. So we will find the goose, and we will have a a panel of people from Satellite. All right, Marvin, I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Hi, right, Dave. Having- thanks. And for those of you watching, thank you very much for participating. Uh, if you are somebody that is catching this after the fact and you want to be reminded the next time one of these goes live, just head over to UncleMarv.com and look for the future podcast schedule. If you go to the YouTube page or to the Facebook page, you can subscribe or like the pages and then you will get notified when these events come up. And then if you want to listen to them on the audio podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. We're both on Apple and Google Podcasts, along with Spotify, iHeart. So find the Uncle Marv podcast there, and you can catch everything after the fact. And that's going to do it for this episode. And I want to thank my good friend, Dave Becker. And until next time, holla. See you,